Hi, I'd like to welcome everybody to another episode of my podcast called Joe Soy. You can find us everywhere on all podcasts, all platforms, and we'll make sure that if you go to our links, you can find where you can donate to our movement, I guess. I was recently just asked, hold on, let me turn off that thing. Sorry, I had some things. It shouldn't be loaded in the background. Let me get rid of those. I was recently just asked, what am I trying to do with my movements here at Yosoy? I call it a movement only because I'm very concerned about the future of Mexico and obviously what's happening in the United States. So if I would have to pick a movement, the movement is to bring back the strength of the Mexican voter, both in the United States and in Mexico. Mexico has a very curious voting system. In fact, several years back, five presidents ago, it actually was stolen just like it was here in the United States with five at five o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, the president mysteriously got voted in through illegal votes that everybody in the country has come to the knowledge that yes, it was illegal. So in this day, I really am concerned about computers and computers interjection into the voting system and the magical way that these computers through fuzzy logic create bad votes or votes that are illegal. So. With that being said, I talk about it in many other videos that I've done talking about how this happens, and we're not going to talk about it today. What we're going to talk about today is how can we make Mexicans on both sides of the, of, in the United States, meaning north of the United States and south of the United States and inside the United States, be part of the voting process and making sure we get represented. As I said before, in 1970, was it till 1970 until Richard Nixon actually gave us the ability to vote as a Mexican body? Unfortunately, in 1980, that was further degraded by the use of calling us Latinos. Now it's further degraded by calling us Latinx. So here we have a constant breakdown where Latinos aren't being equally represented in the government because they're being split off amongst groups that then again get divided even further. In this case, Mexicans, which I believe are 90% of the total voter population called Latino, are not getting their equal representation. Today we have this big banana going on with, with illegal immigration going across the border, a wall, no wall, people sent into Martha's Vineyards, people sent to Democrat states. I have a friend who's a liberal. And he says to me, you're ridiculous, Mike. And I said, wait a second. First of all, Florida is not a state that receives illegal aliens except from Cuba. These guys came from Venezuela, not through the waters, but they were sent there via Texas. So I had to explain to him that I actually go to McAllen, Texas a lot in order to go up to Dallas where I actually do work, do some work and have a project. So I saw the fact that I can get into McAllen, Texas at seven o'clock in the morning, but I cannot even get a bus into Dallas until two o'clock, one o'clock in the morning because of the float of migrants that are coming from the Catholic Church services across the street. Now, I'm a humanitarian. I really believe in strength of humanitarianism and helping people who are poor and give them new opportunities. 
hey, that's what I do here in Mexico all the time in Mexico City. But the reality is this. I also believe in the rule of law. So I don't find that situation actually very comfortable. In fact, I find it very uncomfortable. People talk about, oh, the reason why immigration hasn't happened over the last four or five U.S. presidents is because they want cheap labor. No, I do not believe that's the reason why it hasn't happened. I believe the reason why it hasn't happened is because the laws have not given us the power to make a change. What does that mean? That means the voting laws. It wasn't until 1970, like I said, that Mexicans, people who were actually living in Mexico when it, before it became the United States, before the states became, became what they, before they were, I guess they called them, the states were called, I forget what they're called right now. Okay, they weren't quite states yet. New Mexico is a classic example. So what I'm getting at is that they're territories. So these states only became states in 1914. In 1911, I believe it is the two states, New Arizona and New Mexico, where both my families came from. So what that means is Mexicans were always in the United States. Like I said before, when 1930, when there actually was an immigration survey done called the census, they stopped counting Mexicans and start calling us something else. At the time, they called us Chicanos. Then they start calling us nothing, okay? But they didn't count us. It wasn't until 1970. Well, that created an imbalance of power for people who were living in those areas, meaning California, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, Colorado. All those states were hugely Mexican by birth. They were there for since 1800s. So we have to remember how we got here and why we don't have the power to make change. It's through voting because voting determines the balance of power. Right now, we have an exciting time where Mexico had the leader for only two more years. Only two more years because a lot of liberals are trying to come in and take his place. They're a globalist. We can't let that happen. What we have to do is we have to work hard and get the Mexicans in the United States to vote for Mexicans that are truly caring about the Mexican people. The reason why they left in the first place. The reason why a lot of Mexicans left is not to leave their people. They look for greater opportunity. Because of the presidents in the past, they, were, they said corrupt. Now, corrupt is a big word because obviously the United States is very corrupt right now. So I'm not going to say that either one's better or the other. I'm going to say they're equal. In fact, I'm going to say the United States is more corrupt because they're lying about it. At least in Mexico, I was told once a friend of mine said, his family is part of the PRI party. He says, show how this works, Mike. I said, how does this work? How this works is once we get into power, once we become senators and representatives of the government, that all of our family succeeds. I said, what? Yes, that we can hire each other and get money and make some money. And then the next time it happens, we get out of office, then boom, we get kicked out and we hope we had enough money to survive. And we have enough land or enough businesses or we did well enough that we can go to the United States. Once again, that is the imbalance of power done to create power by the rich. That way they propagate their poorness. The same reason I kept saying to myself, why is our current mayor building a, a train of all things? We need water in Mexico City. We need better transportation amongst the city people from place to place. We need better infrastructure so that new up-and-coming young people, like my assistant who's only 23 years old, like he can actually move into a nice apartment and feel 
the power of upward mobility. That's not what the government wants. But that's the same thing happened in the United States. So let's take a lesson from a bad lesson, okay? Because when you start building infrastructure so much that you start using all the tax dollars and you take part of that tax dollars and you're giving it to your family and friends to do infrastructure, to do projects, then you know what happens? 30% of it goes to the actual project. Expenses increase. So what happens is government is perpetuating its ability not to help the poor. I described rather quickly, broadly, what's going on. So let's talk about how we can become part of the great movement that I see it's happening in Mexico. I don't really care about the United States right now. The United States has its own problems. They have a leader and there's a leader who's willing to help them and it worked before and maybe he'll come back in power. Who knows? But the problem is the base is messed up in the United States, all the way from the judicial system, all the way to the presidential of how they get there and who gets there. We don't need that. In fact, to make the movement even better, let me take away this phone call. To make that even better, the way we can actually move forward is by participating in what's being allowed us to do today. Sadly, the reason why the shine bombs in Mexico City don't want to have education of the young increase is because then they will do what they tell them. They will listen to the headlines, read the headlines if they can read them. Fascinating story. I used to always wonder why when I would go to a store, they didn't want to give me change for my 300 pesos, my 500 pesos. They wouldn't give me gambio because they said, oh, we don't have change. Little did I realize why they didn't give me change until I started observing closely. It wasn't that they didn't have the change. It's clearly a busy restaurant. It's because they didn't know how to count the change. They didn't know how to use a calculator. It wasn't to like actually start talking to people and they didn't know how to use the register to get change. Did I start realizing they didn't know how to get change just from the hand? When I saw that, I said, wow, that's what they're doing with these votes. They don't want Mexicans to become more educated. They don't want the youth that are selling on the streets that I love those youth who are selling the street because it's exciting to see them do things with their hands and be active instead of worrying about crimes, instead of joining the drug cartel, instead of doing all the easy things, they're working hard for the day's work. Then I start realizing, oh, these elite class in Mexico, they're doing this on purpose. They don't want to improve the education. They don't want to rise up the people in, the, in Mexico because if they do that, then they stand chance to expose their lack of education, their lack of being able to make things right, their lack of caring for the future of Mexico and the young. Then I realize, ah, that's part of the game. Now that I understand it, what am I going to do? What I'm going to do as an educator is I'm going to educate. I'm going to help people understand how that they want to participate, they can participate. And this is a evil plan that I'm sharing that we all can do today. We don't have to wait till tomorrow. If you're a Mexican citizen, if you're a Mexican who lives in the United States and maybe went there illegally or got there illegally, got your papers, if your father and mother was growing in Mexico, if your grandmother now I hear is born in Mexico, you can vote. And you don't have to go back to Mexico. You don't have to go back to Mexico. No, quite the opposite. Let me give you a classic example. When I got my Mexican citizen, I did it in Los Angeles at the embassy. 
The embassy gave me my citizenship. And then they said, do you want to vote? I said, sure, I want to vote. So they said, here's your card. What's your address? We're going to send this information to your current address. And you can only vote from that area. I said, what? I can vote in Mexico, in the United States? Heck yeah, I'm going to do that. So what I did is I got it. I got my vote card. My, and I used it everywhere I go as my IT, but also as my ability to vote. Then when I went to Mexico City, that wasn't in Sonora, where my family's from. So I could switch my voter preference so I can vote. But more exciting than all of this, by doing this, we now have the ability to vote even in the United States if you're a Mexican citizen and a United States citizen. So now we can participate in improving the things that drove people away from Mexico into the United States and create the opportunities for the Mexicans that are here who are fighting to get to the next level. Just like my young assistant, he's 23 years old. He's trapped. He's got education, but he doesn't have enough education. He has so many things for him, but he's trapped. What should I do, Mike? Should I go to the United States? Should I go to another country outside of Mexico? What should I do? And I say, trust me. Give me three years. I want you to work hard. Listen to what I'm saying. Listen to my words. Look at the ways you can change your life and start acting on them. So we are. The first step, we actually created a small business for him. I financed him so we can start building this business that's his. It's not mine. It's his. So we can learn and gain revenue and he can start moving to his next one. And this next one, and I said, I'm going to do this from first. The next one, we're going to participate. The next one's after that. Let's see how it goes. And I'm going to reach out to Mexicans in the United States. I'm going to reach out to groups who want to participate in making Mexico amazing. Because Mexico has something a lot of countries don't have. It has hard workers, God-loving people. It has resources that haven't been sold off to the highest dollar from another country. And right now, it has a president who cares for Mexico. Is he perfect? Heck no. How do you expect somebody to live through and run as much as he could do to get to the presidency? Had to lift the corruption of all the presidents before him. Pushed it aside because he was maybe a little bit not dog enough. Not fight enough. That makes sense. Is he perfect? Heck no. Does he care? Yes, sir. And that's what matters. He cares about the Mexicans of Mexico. All of them. He's not using Mexico as a launching pad to go live in Spain, to go live in Ireland, go have a, a, a beautiful home in, in Hollywood. Now his son was in Texas, but that's a different story. So what I'm trying to say to you is that we have a great opportunity and the way we do that is votar, votar. Both that, and we do that on both sides in the United States and in Mexico. Of course, I'm going to ask you to please participate, donate to my movement so I can make it a movement, make it a cause. We have our little merch we're trying to sell so people can actually use that money to do more things. We can travel more, we can see more Mexico, and we can relate to you how we can make this amazing. So that's my promise to you.
I grew up in the United States from a poor Mexican family. We lived in the projects. We had to work for everything we had. My opportunities were not based on United States. In fact, that's what killed me because I didn't have enough money to go further. And you notice to go further, I had to sell out certain things and I wasn't willing to do that. Yes, Hollywood asked me to sell out. Yes, they did. They promised me to open 20 stores for me if I participated in their actions. And I said, no, by no means. I participate in such tomfoolery, such insultations to people and to be an educator and to love family. So I said, no, that's an important thing where I paid a price. I will tell you, I have the heart and I walked out. And all we have to do is to keep participating. Somebody said on my posting right now, hablas en español. Si, yo hablas en español. Parita, yo hablas en inglés. Porque yo hablas en inglés porque yo tiene la, la vida de las dos, de Estados Unidos y de México. Yo tiene las dos, los mexicanos, hace cosas en la factura, en los niños, también los más Thank you. Please donate to our cause. You can find that in my Snapchat, not Snapchat, in my TikTok. Also go to our website, we called majordomolist.com. You'll find all our information. And that's my podcast for today. I want to thank you very much. And I'll see you the next couple of days. And hopefully, Rodrigo will sit next to me. He says, oh, I'm so busy with that new job I gave him. Okay, thank you very much. Bye-bye.